Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Episode 26 of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. That's right, it's One Man's Opinion. I am your host, Jeff Manns, riding solo as I normally do on this podcast. Uh, we'll be getting guests in more often. As we get into the uh, closer to the start of the NFL season, uh, this is episode 26, a lot to get to today. I've decided this is being recorded right after the Thursday Sirius XM show, hour number two, as I like to call it. Um, today, we're going to talk about the Manzifesto, the Manzifesto. That's right. It's my 2020 fantasy football draft plan exclusively at fantasyguru.com. That's the place to go. Find it. The draft guide is there. Full season worth of fantasy football information, NFL information, college football, if it plays, doesn't play, dynasty, best ball, all of that good stuff over there. You could also find my work for the daily fantasy games, specifically daily fantasy football and daily fantasy baseball over at elitefantasy.com. EliteSportsBetting.com there as well for all your sports betting needs. Uh, on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans, M-A-N-S, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. There we go. So the Manzifesto draft plan, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to go through the whole thing. You know, I've been inching this out. I've been doing a segment a day on the SiriusXM radio show for you um but i wanted to get something out in its full unedited unabridged uncensored and no commercial edition and that's what we're going to do here today basically just breaking everything down now the adp i'm going to use this is being recorded on the 20th of august year of the lord 2020 boy lots of 20s in there good lord 20 used to be such a great number now it's like awful I think the context of 2020 is terrible, isn't it? All the shit we put up with this year, good grief. Um, let's get to it. So diving into fantasy football, let's, let's start at the top. Should you play fantasy football this year? Is the NFL going to produce a full season this year? These are questions a lot of folks are asking. Um, so the answer is yes, the NFL is absolutely going to put on a full season this year. Um, can we guarantee there will be no pauses? Can we guarantee there will be no suspensions of the season, meaning cut short or something like that? No. No, we can't cut. We, we cannot rule that out. Obviously, we live in, in the environment that we're in. Uh, but sports are marching on. Look what happened. And again, I've said this since May. Right. In March and April, I was scared shitless myself. Nobody knew what was going on. Anybody that claims they did, it, you know, was lying or was just uh, full of moxie, whatever the case, fine. The, but other overseas, other sports leagues, I mentioned the soccer and everything, you know, they've been able to get going and Korean baseball, Japanese baseball got going. And now Major League Baseball's going, been going for a month now as well. And everything's going fine. 
Major League Baseball is not going fine. It's actually quite a shit show in terms of where we've had two teams, and now we just heard the Mets are getting uh, um, had their game suspended just today about a potential outbreak of COVID-19. These things are going to happen, and it's going to happen in the NFL too. The idea that it's not is just false. So you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. If you're not up for it, then, yeah, maybe you shouldn't play this year, right? But in a lot of ways, for me at least, I find this is going to be one of the most exciting seasons of fantasy football ever. Now, do I like putting in all the work that I put in only for it to be, you know, season to be uh, suspended or cut short or, God forbid, canceled? No, absolutely not. But it's not going to be canceled. They've already gone through training camp. Training camp's probably the hardest part. Training camp's harder than fucking the season and playing, you know, just two teams, like having all these people and bodies and all this stuff. That's a lot more risky, I think, than the actual games themselves. They're going to test the hell out of it. They have great – if you're watching – I strongly encourage watching NFL Hard Knocks on HBO if you can you see all the lengths, the impossible lengths that the NFL has gone to in order to protect their players, coaches, and, and people in and around these organizations. They've done a lot. Can they do better? Probably. Will they do better? Absolutely. They're going to do whatever. The, the NFL machine is not going to stop for anybody. And that's why I'm so sure and secure in the fact that the NFL will play and will likely play the majority of their season. The NFL has a fluctuating schedule that the first four weeks and or the first eight weeks of the season can be pushed back into January, February, and even March if necessary. So they, they're prepared for this just in case. So that is what I am looking at as sort of a worst-case scenario. All right, so no worries about any of that. Now – I want to address something else. I've addressed this on previous shows. I'm going to do it as well here. It's the kneeling for the national anthem. This seems to be a real fucking problem for some of you. All right? I see it. I don't know where it's coming from, by the way. It's weird. It's one of the weirdest things of the summer. And believe me, the weirdest thing of 2020 and we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic and all this other shit. And this is one of the weirdest things I've seen, believe it or not. Uh, so what's going on, for those who don't know, is there's a bunch of folks out there that they're, they're forcing a narrative. So what happens is, or what has happened is the uh, NBA has come back, obviously. Uh, by the way, NBA bubble is just working perfectly. NBA product is really good, all of that. NBA has come back, and we've seen people sitting, kneeling for the national anthem. We've seen the Black Lives Matter movement on the court, not jerseys, and all this other stuff. And um, for whatever reason, I don't know why, people don't like it. There's a segment of our people, sports fans, I mean, that just don't like it. I don't know why. And uh, I've talked openly about my feelings on the national anthem and kneeling for it before. I've been against kneeling for the anthem for a long time. I didn't like when Kaepernick did it. I'm on record as saying it. I'm not going to revise history. I'm not going to go back and pretend that 
I didn't say what I said and I wasn't against it. Uh, and I, again, the reason is my dad's a veteran. My grandfather's a veteran. Um, that flag means a lot to me. The national anthem means a lot to me. You know, when Wayne Mesfer used to sing at Chicago stadium, that meant a lot to me. I would be, I still would, I still hear the national anthem and at times I get a little emotional. So, and I know that there's a large amount of veterans that kind of feel the same way and all that. Um, that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with feeling like that, right? There's nothing, nothing wrong at all with having those feelings or ideas, not wanting people to sit at the anthem, not, you know, feeling that you should stand or respect the flag. There's nothing, you know, that that's, that's good. We should all feel that way or most of us should feel that way, but we also have to understand the other side. And this is something that gets, has gotten real fucked up in our world. And it's not politics. even. It, it, politics. Yes. But it's not, just, it's sports. It, it think about it. Like I like Nick Chubb this year and people are like, ah, Nick Chubb sucks and, ah, or handcuffing. That's a better. And, and people are like, ah, I'm against handcuffing. Can't, is there any way we could just be in the middle? Like you, you don't have to like it, but respect the idea that I've won a lot of damn money doing this in a lot of leagues. And I've beat a lot of your asses doing it. You at least need to understand that it's a viable thing, handcuffing. And for me, the exact opposite, exact same in that not handcuffing can work out. I've said that. Of course we have to recognize each other's sides. So I think that's a problem. And what has gone on this year in our country, not just it's the pandemic and then you know, the shootings and, oh, my God, it, it, George Floyd, and Brianna Taylor. Guys, again, I'm not political. This has nothing to do with politics. I'm a human being. That's all I am. I'm just I'm a pretty fucking simpleton, to be honest with you. Just a simple guy from the Midwest, south side of Chicago. Um, I've had a fortunate life in that I was born into immense poverty and terrible area and diverse area. And then I've sort of been able to migrate into suburbs and into wealthier neighborhoods and things like that. So I feel I have a vantage point, a unique vantage point of having seen many sides to uh, our country and uh, the people and all that stuff. And all I got to say is just, I am putting down the sword for 2020 in terms of being upset about people kneeling for the anthem. People need to show people want to send a message. And if this is, and this seems to be one of the only ways that gets everybody's attention or it gets lawmakers attention. And if that's what folks have to do, so be it then that's what they have to do. We need change. We need equality. We need diversity. We need all that. I'm sorry if that threatens you. It shouldn't, shouldn't threaten your, your way of life. I don't know why everybody's so threatened by each other. We're all human beings. So um, th those are my thoughts. I, I put it away. It's going to protest this year. They're going to protest. People are going to, players are going to kneel. They're going to lock arms. They're, there's a lot of different, a lot of different things planned across a lot of different cities. And why does it affect you? Why does it bother you so much? That's a you problem. And if you don't want to watch the NFL because of that, well, then bye. Sports aren't going away. 
there's a narrative. What, the more pressing issue is this narrative that because they knelt for the anthem or because they are protesting the anthem at some of these games, that there's going to be some mat, that the whole leagues are done. Guys, the NBA and Major League Baseball and National Hockey League, they've never seen higher ratings than they have since they've come back. They own the television. They own the radio. They, they're breaking every record. Highest rated shows everywhere, just random games. Not even premier games anybody cares about yet. So sports are not going – NFL is going to be – just smash every record in the world. It's not going away. You're not ending the NFL. It's a weird narrative that you got. So let's put that to bed. Okay? And if you don't – again, everybody's an individual. You have to decide. Something you can't support, then don't. Same way as I support the uh, the BLM movement and the um, protesting of the flag or the um, not the protesting of the flag, the kneeling for the anthem, I'll support that. You know, would I personally do it? No, I personally wouldn't. That's me. I have that right, and nobody. Uh, I think there's a great moment in Hard Knocks where they say, you know, do what you want to do, and if it means something to you then by all means stand for it sit for it kneel for it lock arms lock leg what do what you want to do to get your message across or what you feel and let's but let's support each other in doing so and i think that's the key if you want to stand for the flag absolutely that's what i would do but that doesn't mean i don't support my brothers and sisters that want change in the country and uh you know definitely when it comes to the police and firemen, which sucked because police and firemen are our first responders and most important people, but couple bad eggs, man, couple bad eggs gives everybody a bad reputation. Believe me. I feel that. I mean, people think about the people I've worked with (laughs) over the years. I've had to be lumped in with them, unfortunately, even though, I have little to nothing to do with them. So anyway, that those are my thoughts. All right. Um, again, going down probably way too, you know, of a road that I don't want to go down. But um, right, I don't mind going down. It's probably you guys don't want to hear it more than anything. But that's where I stand there. The season's on. Fantasy football's on. So how do we deal with that? I've got an article over at fantasyguru.com called 10 Ways to COVID-Proof Your Fantasy Football League in 2020. It's actually 11 different ways to do it including a uh, site, a service, a place. For those of you who want to play fantasy football, but your league maybe doesn't, maybe you got some guys who are going down the political roads, maybe they're protesting, maybe they are taking the year off, and you're looking for leagues, we've got it for you over at fantasyguru.com. We got a whole, we, anything you want, any, any high stakes, low stakes, medium stakes, whatever it is, we've got that for you over there, uh, courtesy of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a partner of ours, uh, and they offer tremendous amounts of leagues. Draft anytime you want with people. If you want to set your own league up, you can do that. A lot of different ways to get involved, so just check out the site at the fantasyguru.com and uh, get our, our links and everything in there. You can actually get like 25 bucks off, too, as a matter of fact, so um, wonderful opportunity for those but to COVID proof your league if you don't want to deal with 
the schedule changing or roster moves or players being activated and deactivated and things like that, do a best ball league. Draft 20 rounds for fantasy football and let the chips fall where they may. Draft it a week before the season starts, two weeks before the season starts, and have your league or your lineup set automatically for you. It'll automatically choose the best players, the, the highest point totals at every position for you every single week. All right, and then you can compare it, and total points wins the championship at the end of week 17. Or if, you're, if you are worried about this, the season ending sooner, whenever the season ends. If the season were to be canceled after 10 weeks, well, whoever wins at 10 weeks gets the, uh, the prizes are paid out accordingly, right? That's the way you could set up. That's a nice, easy turnkey way. If you want to do it the more traditional way, uh, expand your rosters by at least two spots, maybe even more. If you're used to doing a 15 or 16 round draft, do a 17 or 18 round draft. Have at least two IR spots, I mean, it's injured reserve, and allow people to put those players on, you know, anybody who tests positive for COVID-19, put them on that list, and then they're able to do first come, first serve roster moves, at, or they have to bid on waivers first. You know, first it's the waiver period, either Wednesday night or Thursday night. And after that, first come, first serve, you can go pick up whoever you want um, for a price, obviously, uh, if you're doing free agent acquisition budget and, or waiver priority, it costs you your priority, so on and so forth. That's another good way of doing it. Another thing you could do, team quarterback. If you're going to use kickers, fine, team kicker. That way you don't have to waste time energy free agent acquisition budget on the backups if your quarterback goes down you get whatever quarterback starts if you have the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback it's Pat Mahomes and if you um, if something happens God forbid Patrick Mahomes injury or COVID-19 or something like that they start Matt Moore well then you get Matt Moore all right if you choose to start him or you have Matt Moore you have whoever the starting quarterback is for that team and obviously you could draft multiples if you're in a 12 team league all that so that's another way to go and team kicker is the same way again i have eight nine other ideas for you over there at the site it's a completely free article too we didn't it's not behind the paywall so fantasyguru.com just uh covid proof your league and you know search that in the side box and it should be right on the top of the, the the homepage anyway it's completely free for you Tons of ideas, practice squads, uh, you know, different ways to adjust your league settings. And I think every commissioner should read the article personally. That way uh, you get a good idea of the best ways to set up your league. So there you go. So that's the league setup. Now let's dive into what the plan is. All right, we're going through with it. We're going to draft our team. Awesome. Dive right in quarterback strategy this year. Quarterback strategy, I'm assuming a one quarterback league, the manifesto. Remember, this is an article that's over at fantasyguru.com. I do have a two quarterback strategy within it, but for the purposes of this uh, podcast, I'm just going to assume a one quarterback strategy. You know, I want, I recognize the fact that the NFL is changing a lot in fantasy football 
is changing as well because we're seeing a lot of production from the quarterback positions change, I should say, because it's running threats. Guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, that run Josh Allen, that um, run the ball, Daniel Jones even. They're more athletic. They're getting outside the tackles. They're designed runs. There's a lot of RPO, the read pass option, a run pass option. Um, you know, these elements, when, when we are coming off a season, which a quarterback ran for 1,200 fucking yards, good Lord, um, that's running back one type stuff. All right. So getting a piece of that pie, getting a quarterback that can use his legs as well as his arm, obviously is ideal. So players in those setups uh, are definitely a, a target. Unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for them. Lamar, uh, Dak, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, all of them are very highly sought after. But you're going to have to choose all of them before the sixth round. Lamar Jackson could have cost you a second-round pick. All right? And then, you know, Dak, fifth, sixth round, and the rest of them pretty much um, in the sixth round. I feel it's too early for me to go that route. Um, history suggests with the quarterback position, you're going to get a breakout quarterback. It, Lamar Jackson was the 14th quarterback off the board last year. Um, the year before Patrick Mahomes was the, uh, I believe he was 12th quarterback off the board, might have been 13th off the board. Uh, year before that, Carson Wentz was the 16th quarterback off the board. It, you know, the, the breakout quarterback every year was drafted real super duper late i happen to have this guy in 2016 2015 and 16 it was cam newton in 2015 now cam newton had already broken out so it wasn't new right it wasn't a new thing but i drafted him super late as the 18th quarterback off the board and he was won the mvp number one quarterback the following year i did a zero quarterback thing just as a sort of gimmick and ended up the last round with Matt Ryan, who went in to win the MVP, went to the Super Bowl at the Falcons, had an amazing year that year, second best fantasy quarterback that year. So, you know, it's, it, that's what happened. So as much as I would love a piece of Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, I can't make the sacrifice of running back slash receivers that I would give up in that round in the, in the fifth or sixth round for the quarterback because I see guys like Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield. You guys know how I feel about the Browns. Even Roethlisberger, uh, Cam Newton. You see all these guys so much later, so much later. I mean, Cam Newton, as I'm recording this, is a 13th round. He's basically free. He's going behind Joe Burrow. That's a mistake, folks. It's a mistake. So what, what's the worst thing that could happen by drafting Cam Newton? He gets hurt? All right, then, then what? You go and get Jimmy Garoppolo. What difference? Is it? it doesn't hurt you. Phillip Rivers, it's, it's not as good. You don't have as much upside, but you're never going to have it. If, I tell you what, if you choose Lamar Jackson in the second round and he gets hurt, what are you going to do? You're still going to have to replace him with the same fucking guy. You're still going to have to go to Teddy Bridgewater or uh, Derek Carr, Darnold or Locke or Garoppolo or somebody, or maybe Joe Burrow, and you're going to be in the same situation. So 
Um, take quarterback later. That's what I'm advocating for this year. That's what I'm doing in my leagues this year. I was in an auction draft a couple of weeks ago where I did end up bidding uh, $10 on Kyler Murray in an auction league. I, I called that a mistake. I didn't want – I was bidding up the competition. And uh, I, I, I got my hand caught in the cookie jar. Went went too high. Should not have uh, been in the bidding on Kyler Murray past 6 or $7. And ended up hitting that 10, thinking he'd go for at least 12 bucks. But he didn't. I ended up getting him. I'm happy with it. I'm fine with it. But, again, that's the equivalent to about a fourth or fifth round pick, and it's just too early. Not, not the way I want to set up my team. So that's where I'm at with quarterbacks. With the running back position this year, it is as important as ever to get depth at the the spot. We know the injury risks. We know – we know how um, vast the pendulum swings with running backs. Immense value, and they could lose it in a heartbeat. Running backs that were heavily touchdown dependent last year, guys like uh, Derrick Henry, for instance, and Aaron Jones, for instance, uh, they create – there's some risk there because if they don't get in the end zone as much 16, 17, 18 times like they did a year ago – their production goes crashing way down because Aaron Jones is sort of in a I hate to call it a committee, but it, but it is AJ Dillon's going to be a part of that committee this year. And Derrick Henry's never in on passing downs. He doesn't catch the football out of the backfield, which is unfortunate for him. So we're limited there. And it's the same thing for players who are one dimensional, like Tariq Cohen and, um, guys who are heavily reliant on pass catching, even the likes of a Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, same thing. These guys just catch all their points come from catches. And if you're in a half point PPR setup or a standard league, no points for reception, McCaffrey and Kamara lose a vast amount of their production, a vast amount. And they both could lose a lot more going into 2020. McCaffrey's got a terrible offense line, a new quarterback, a new offensive system. There's no way you're going to see 130 targets again from Christian McCaffrey. It's not normal. Offenses don't function that way. Only when they're down and out do they function that way. And that's what the Panthers have been each of the last two years. So that's where I stand with, with that. You want running backs that are multidimensional. You're going to, buy into running backs in the early rounds. You're going and you want guys who are the goal line back, the pass catching back. We call it a feature running back. Guy who will be in on all three downs, right? Um high percentage of their team snaps. You know, all, all of that stuff. This is all very very important stuff. So I do think though as we look at it this year, that there's opportunity. You don't have to buy, you don't have to have your running backs in the first and second round necessarily. All right. That's where the best ones are. McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Henry, even Miles Sanders who's beat up Joe Mixon. I like Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. Oh my God. I love Nick Chubb. Of course, those are the best. All right, Chubb's been falling the second round. All right, we love that. That's fantastic. So you, you don't 
just overlook those wideouts just because they're not running backs. There are pockets of value in the third and fourth round amongst running backs that are pretty damn solid and present as much opportunity as anything. Now, I mean, that is guys like uh, James Conner. I mean, we've seen James Conner puts up monster numbers when healthy and when Ben Roethlisberger is in the game. That's a big deal. And this offense is exactly the same. And he's a pass catcher. He's the goal line back. They have McFarlane and Snell and Jalen Sanders. They have guys behind Connor, but Connor's the lead guy. He's a feature back. To get him in the middle or late third round, pretty damn good. Pretty good gets right there. Then we got guys like uh, Leonard Fournette, who's being completely thrown apart. And I'm not as much as Fournette. And the reason I'm not is because Fournette would catch a ton of passes. He caught a ton of passes uh, last year, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't he get, get over a hundred targets last year with um, 70? It's 76 receptions. I had to look that one up. 76 receptions for Leonard Fournette. The only reason I'm worried about Fournette's catches is the presence of Chris Thompson. Jay Gruden is the offense coordinator. He from Washington. He brings Chris Thompson with him. Thompson's ever healthy. The concern, Fournette, he's a beast of a running back. Big, strong, fast, all that. Offense line's eh, not great. The offense is going to suck. The team's going to suck. But that could mean a ton of catches for Fournette. If he's going to catch 70-plus passes again, you know, that he's going – even though the Jaguars could score less points, he has a good chance to score more than three damn touchdowns this year. And you put Leonard Fournette, give him six, seven, eight touchdowns, along with 1,100, 1,600 total yards like he did last year, which is doable. Very reasonable, as a matter of fact. And he should be in the conversation as a first-round pick, yet he's going in the fourth round. So it's a value there. So what I'm saying is there are, I'm more impressed with the third and fourth round at running back this year than I have been in a long time. We know Jonathan Taylor, the rookies. Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers are going super late, fourth, fifth, sixth round for Akers right now. That's freaking insane. Actually, no, he's, he's fifth, my bad. Fifth round for Akers right now. But – that's crazy. The Rams running back 64 touchdowns the last three years for those that backfield. And they draft the Akers in the second round. You think it's not going to be – he's not going to have the feature role? Bullshit. <laughs> he is. So, I mean, think about it in those terms. Um, let's uh, – Pittsburgh. The Colts, Indianapolis, Seattle, San Francisco. Buffalo, L.A. Rams, Baltimore Ravens. Seven teams, folks. Seven teams that I just went through that their lead running backs. All right, by the way, of those seven teams, um, every single one of those teams that I just mentioned to you, every one of them is in the top 12 of best running system in the NFL, according to my uh, – my formula and my running back grid over at fantasyguru.com. Every single one of them. And every one of those names are the lead guy in that backfield. Now, the problem is 
some of it's choppy. You got injuries with guys like James Conner, um, injuries. Uh, you got your backfield share for Taylor and Akers being rookies and Mostert in San Francisco. But in Mark Ingram in Baltimore as well. But so what? Yeah, you're going to take – that's worth the risk because you're involving yourself and investing yourself in the best backfields, the ones that are going to produce the most yards, the most attempts, the most yards, the most touchdowns, the most fantasy points. And that's where we, we like it right there. So, um, you know, seems like the way to go this year in a perfect environment. If you can get that locked down – absolute behemoth running back in the first round, like McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Cook, somebody like that. Or if you're later pick, maybe, you know, Nick Chubb will be there for you. I, I still value him or Kamara in that range. If you, if you can get them in the first, great. Then lock in the wide receiver spot. You go a couple rounds on it. You know, you can go second and third round wide receiver. I'll tell you why in a minute. And then come back to this real bountiful pocket of running back value. Even Todd Gurley, nobody likes him. David Johnson's going to have the majority of the job. I'm not a David Johnson guy, but okay, he's going to have the backfield. He, he's going to have to use David Johnson a ton because Bill O'Brien has been crucified for making that trade at Hopkins for David Johnson. But, again, I'd get a guy like Cam Akers. If I, if I go Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, and I did that in an auction league recently, I've done it. I think my last three or four drafts, I've done it in every league. Those are my two starting running backs. And remember, my two starting running backs a year ago were Dalvin Cook in the second round and Derrick Henry in the fourth round. I did a very similar approach, and that worked out pretty well last year. So I'll leave it at that. Wide receivers, boy, they're being forgotten about just purely forgotten about Michael Thomas should be in the conversation of at number one overall pick. He is the most consistent fantasy performer over the last three years. He just never stops producing the numbers just bear it all out too. I mean, I don't know why we would even need to get into it, but uh, Michael Thomas has had in a rookie year, Look at his targets, 121, 149, 147, 185. Insane. 92, lowest catch total ever his rookie year. 104, 125, 149. (laughs) That's just ridiculous. All-time record last year, 149. 1137, 1245, 1405, 1725. That's the yardage total. Nine, five, nine, and nine at touchdowns. There's nothing more stable than that. He's 27 years old. He's just entering his prime year. He's just starting his prime season. Right? I mean, good grief. We know that we like the Saints offense. They're going to throw a lot. Great quarterback. Yada, yada, yada. Michael Thomas is insane. And for him to only... Uh, you know, not even in the top five pick in the majority of drafts. It's just criminal activity. Then you get Devontae Adams. Who else is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? Julio Jones. He has 1,400 receiving yards every year. Hopkins, 
who's one of the best receivers in football, the best hands in football, been producing for the Texans. Texans have been a very heavy running offense under Bill O'Brien for the last four years, yet he gets 100 receptions every year. And now he's going to an air raid system in Arizona where all they do is throw, 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 throw. Good grief. No reason he is. Tyree Kill is the best quarterback. He's one of the fastest players in the NFL. The best big play man right now in the National Football League. And he's got the best quarterback in the National Football League in Patrick Mahomes. Five guys that are just studs. And four of them are going outside of the first round. Adams, Hill, Julio, Hopkins. Insane. You're picking those guys in the second round. Absolute freaking steal. Absolute steal. So if I could start my draft off, Dalvin Cook, fifth or sixth. All right, then I come back at 16, 17, 18, whatever, wherever you're, you're at in that second round, and you get a Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Hopkins, or Tyree Kill. Oof, what a start. What a freaking start to your draft that is. So that's sort of my target right there. Um, other wide receivers, I mean, you know, Godwin – Galladay, those are two guys that I'm not going to have many shares of this year. I like Kenny Galladay a great deal. I like Chris Godwin. Godwin plays the slot. He's going to have a monster year for Tampa Bay. I just worry about it. I've said it a thousand times I worry about that. I do love Allen Robinson. I really do. I love Odell Beckham, too. And these are guys, I like Juju Smith-Schuster in a comeback year. Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf are two of my favorites as breakout wide receivers here this season. Let me give you a breakout player at every position as I go through it, by the way. My quarterback breakout, um, my quarterback breakout, I mean, I guess the only, can I say Baker Mayfield and you guys won't piss all over me because you're freaking Browns, man. Freaking, freaking Browns. I'll give you two. All right, screw you. No, I'm giving you two. Shut your shut your face. Because if you get Nick Chubb, then you don't want Baker Mayfield. And I get it. Daniel Jones is the other one, and it's weird because Daniel Jones starting to march up draft boards. But this offensive line in New York is very, very good, and he's got a ton of weaponry around him. Came into camp in super physical shape. He runs. He um, it's in new offense there, um, up tempo. Offense that they're playing too, despite uh, Jason Garrett being their offense coordinator. So I, I like Daniel Jones as a breakout quarterback for 2020. My breakout running back for this year. Now, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to do that thing where I give you a backup and hope the starter gets hurt or whatever. If I tell you a backup, then it's going to be, you know, it, it'll be the, um, he'll just overtake the starter. Um, breakout running back this year. I don't want to give you a name that I I'll get. I'll give you this one. Deandre Swift, Detroit. A lot of people forgetting about what Daryl Bevel, the offense coordinator did in Seattle. All they do is run, 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 run. That's what Matt Patricia wants to do. They beefed up their offense line this off season, each of the last two off seasons. And you got the threat, two big receivers and Galladay, Marvin Jones and Matt Stafford back there. And you got a rookie, big play type running back. I think DeAndre Swift's going to have himself a pretty good year running and catching the football. 
And man, he will compete with Carrion Johnson to start, but Carrion wasn't drafted by this regime. Swift is their guy. They would never have drafted Swift if they still believed in Carrion Johnson to that level, at least. So DeAndre Swift would be my breakout running back um, of the year and my, my breakout wide receiver for 2020. I mean, Ridley and DK Metcalf, uh, is that is that am I being a puss? Is that too uh, too high? You want a deeper one? Um, is Wolf Fuller officially broken out yet? I think Wolf Fuller is that guy as well. Lost to DeAndre Hopkins. Fuller, one of his best friends in the world, is his quarterback, Deshaun Watson. These two get along very, very well on and off the field. Fuller just needs to stay healthy, and I know that's a big if. But for where he's being taken, hell to the yeah. If you want to get a little creative and if you're worried about that, grab Randall Cobb, who's basically free. Randall Cobb is being drafted in round 16. Most of your drafts don't even go 16 rounds. That's where Randall Cobb is going. Because if Fuller goes down, Randall Cobb's going to be a beast. If he doesn't, well, Fuller's going to be a beast. So there's, there's your thoughts right there. The tight end spot. I am very much in the mood in 2022 pay up for the tight end. Kelsey, Kittle, those are targets. And Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is falling, which is complicating. It's great. His current ADP is 55.43. That's middle of the fifth round. To get Zach Ertz in the fifth round is a steal. Outright mother effing steal. Doesn't cost you a second or third round pick like uh, Kelsey would or Kittle would. You know, Kittle technically and high stakes going second round still. I like Mark Andrews. I'm not going to pay the price for him. I have Ertz well, 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 well ahead of Mark Andrews. Okay, so, you know, Andrews, you know, in the sixth round, fine. But Ertz in the fifth, it, that's where I would go all the time. Literally, every draft I would choose Ertz in that round if that's what it came to. If you think Ertz is going to be – if it came down to Kelsey in the second or Ertz in the third, I'm going with Kelsey in the second. Kelsey in the second or Ertz in the fourth. Oof, that's the uh, that's sort of the break-even mark. I'm good with both of those selections. If it's Kittle in the second or Ertz in the fourth, I'm going Ertz in the fourth. If it's Kelsey in the second or Ertz, I'd probably lean Kelsey in the second. But if it's Kelsey in the fifth or Kelsey or Kelsey, I'm sorry, in the second or Kittle in the second versus Ertz in the fifth, it's Ertz in the fifth for both. I like him better. I love that selection. Um, my late round breakout fantasy tight end. I mean, the breakout tight end, it's a no-brainer. It's Hayden Hurst of Atlanta. We all know it's going to happen. So that's the guy. But there's a lot of people in your leagues that know this and are going to sort of pay over market knowing they have to for Hayden Hurst. He's not an easy get in fantasy football this year. So take that. If you think that that's going to be your sleeper, no, that's not going to be your sleeper. I'll give you the guy. It's Jack Doyle. Remember, Phillip Rivers' third best target share to the tight end out of uh, in career numbers for all 32 projected NFL starting quarterbacks. He loves throwing to the tight end. Um, Gates, and Henry, 
guys over the years for Phillip Rivers. Jack Doyle's a solid guy. He's a three-down tight end. No Eric Ebron to steal passing down work anymore. He's a good in-line blocker. He can play out of the slot a little bit. They don't do it much, though. And Nick Sirianni's offense in Indianapolis, Nick Sirianni, the former tight end coach of the Chargers, while Rivers was there, offense coordinator. We've seen breakouts with Eric Ebron two years ago under Reich and Sirianni. I think Jack Doyle's been way undervalued, way undervalued this year. So that's that. Um, what else? All right, so Manifesto will continue with that. Let me get into – I will give you some of the uh, my targets. So I'll just do this. Yeah, I'll give you my targets. The Based on current average draft position, I will start with the uh, – I guess I'll start with the quarterback position. That's just the easiest thing to do. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Baker Mayfield's my fallback. He's going super late. I have him as the sixth best quarterback in fantasy football. My rankings over at fantasyguru.com. Cam Newton, Drew Locke, Kirk Cousins, if I'm going real late, are in a two-quarterback setup. Um, my fades at the quarterback position, Lamar Jackson, it's just too early. I get it. I get everything. There's nothing lost on me about Lamar Jackson. It's just too early. And the idea that our quarterback's going to run for 1,000 yards again, let alone 1,200, is very, very – it's a long – it's a very big long shot to me. Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, all fades based on their current ADP for me. Targets at the running back position, uh, Dalvin Cook. Love Dalvin Cook. Love the fact that the contract situation sort of behind him. He's in camp. He's going. He knows he's got to perform his butt off. It's one of the best running systems in the National Football League. As a matter of fact, it's second best to only the Ravens. It's Greg Roman of the Ravens, his running game versus Gary Kubiak. And uh, I've had these guys – Everywhere they've been, Kubiak's been around. Kubiak has been in Baltimore. He has been in Houston and Denver, of course. And um, we always love the running backs everywhere he goes. They always produce. Greg Roman, San Francisco, Buffalo, now Baltimore, always produce. That's why they're one and two. And definitely targeting both. I'll take take both. First and second round, oh, man, juicy. James Conner, Todd Gurley, targets of mine based on their ADP. These are RB2s on my board. We understand the injury concerns of both of them. Gurley's upside's pretty limited, but he's going late. There's nobody to challenge him for carries. I think he may catch more balls than we expect as well in this offense. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, Raheem Mostert of the 49ers, Cam Akers I've talked about, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, Chris Thompson – all late-round targets for me at the running back position. Some fades. Aaron Jones. Did you guys see all the hype that's being made for A.J. Dillon? Thighs. Such big thighs and legs. He's so ripped. Oh, man. Second-round pick. Aaron Jones is a free agent after this year. This coaching staff doesn't mince words when it comes to their star players. They draft Jordan, love to back up Aaron Rodgers. Don't give a shit what he thinks about it. They did the same with Aaron Jones. I can't get over the fact that Aaron Jones wasn't used. He was split. It was a 50-50 backfield split from weeks one through eight in Green Bay last year with Jamal Williams. 
And then Jamal Williams went down, came back, went down again. Aaron Jones took over and amassed all those touchdowns and was one of the best fantasy producers at the running back position. A.J. Dillon's going to be that guy this year. It's unfortunate. It sucks. I don't agree with it because I love Aaron Jones' talent. Have since uh, his college days. But A.J. Dillon's somebody they're in love with and they're going to use him. So I'm fading him. Josh Jacobs is not enough pass catching for me. I love the kid. I do like him, but too early. Don't know what's going to go on with the Raiders. Law offensive line uh, losses. Ugh. Just, just, and no pass catching. Le'Veon Bell, I'm never buying into a, a Adam Gase running back again. David Montgomery, the Bears pass. Devin Singletary, the Bills pass. Adrian Peterson of the Potatoes pass. James White, nah. Oh, he's going to be the Christian McCaffrey, maybe, but he won't be on my team. The uh, wide receiver position targets, I've mentioned Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, Will Fuller, Emmanuel Sanders, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Alshon Jeffrey, super-duper late, still banged up, not participating right now in Eagles camp, but when he's back, he'll have a significant role, and he's got the attention of Carson Wentz. So don't forget about Alshon Jeffrey. I'm fading Mike Evans, DJ Moore. I'm starting to like DJ Moore a little bit more. Um, get it? With uh, right now, I like the talent. And it, you, I won a lot of money last year. My biggest win, it was a – what was our biggest win last year? It was 15, 20 grand, somewhere in that neighborhood with DJ Moore in daily fantasy football. It, it, we used him several times. Felt he was way undervalued. Teddy Bridgewater isn't a good quarterback for DJ Moore, but the Panthers defense sucks. Like really bad sucks. Like unbel- Like they're going to be the worst. Thus they're going to throw a lot. So starting to sweet on DJ Moore a little bit, but he's still on my fade list. That could change. AJ Brown, Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Terry McLaurin is being so overdrafted. It, it really hurts my ball sack. That's how bad and terrible that pick is. I don't like it. Stefan Diggs, Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins. No thanks on any of them. Um, tight end targets. Just talked. Um, my tight end targets are streamlined. It's, it's pretty much a no-brainer. Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz. Right? If I have to go later on, fine. Uh, I do like Evan Ingram. I think there's a lot of competition for targets in New York, though. And he was on pace for 85-plus receptions and 1,000 yards last year. That one makes me more nervous when it comes to Evan Ingram. I love the talent. I think that he could be an 80-catch, 1,000-yard receiver. He's going seventh at the tight end position right now. Like, I'm taking Ingram way ahead of Higby. And Waller and Ingram are right neck and neck. I think I prefer, yeah, I prefer Ingram over Waller right now based on the two-round discount that we're getting. Absolutely like that. So, yeah, he's still still a target of mine. Um, Austin Hooper, the Browns. My last piece of the Browns puzzle, I'm only drafting Austin Hooper if I fail on Chubb, Hunt, Baker, Beckham and Landry. 
So that's a pretty deep list. I talked about Jack Doyle. Also look out for Gerald Everett. You want a late round sleeper for you? Gerald Everett, tight end of the LA Rams. Don't forget, he was hurt when Tyler Higby had his breakout last year. It was all because Sean McVay changed up the Rams offense, stopped using the 11 personnel, started using two tight end sets more often, more jumbo packages, and throwing the tight end more. Um, and that's – Gerald Everett was a second-round pick three years ago in McVay's first year, whereas Higby isn't part of this organization or wasn't part of this regime. He was not a McVay guy. So Everett was out when all this was happening. I get – I would not be surprised if we start seeing Gerald Everett being that new go-to tight end for the Rams and Higby completely being forgotten about. And in that regard, I'm totally fading Higby. I'm fading Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a good player and a good pickup and a good system. There's nothing wrong with him. I just like the other guys more. Darren Waller, nothing wrong. Love the kid. Why is Jason Witten there? Though, eh, it's weird to me. I don't think Derek Carr will be long for that job either. I think Mariota will replace Derek Carr at some point when he does. More downfield throws, more running, takes away from the passing offense there. Jared Cook was so – he had just three games last year, 15-plus fantasy points, hard pass. Rob Gronkowski, you could put O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, all of – Buccaneers, tight ends, no thank you. Fool's gold, everybody. Uh, I'm not investing in any of those. Uh, what else do we have? Um, Let's see. The Manifesto has a lot. We talk kickers and defense in there. We have other resources for you as well. Uh, round by round strategy. I go round one, round two, round three, round four, all of this good stuff to get you primed and ready uh, for every single round of your fantasy football league draft. So I'm not going to go obviously round by round, get the article, go check it out over there. Um, I suppose I'll give you some kickers. I'll give you some kickers uh, to target. I, if you're going to use it, you might as well. Big leg, late bye week. That's the whole – that's the matrix for drafting a fantasy football kicker. The latest bye week possible, best weather possible, biggest leg. They check all boxes, yes, invest. Justin Tucker, Greg Zerline, Young-Ho Koo, Jake Elliott, all solid options. Uh, fades, Will Lutz. Matt Gay, Robbie Gold, right there for you. Uh, Matt Prater, I do like, but early bye week. Five, fifth week being off, no thanks. Um, defense and special teams. Obviously, we like the Ravens. The Ravens are very good, but the best buys that you don't have to pay for, the Chargers, the Colts, the Browns, new coordinator Joe Woods. You've already, you're already seeing it. If anybody's paying attention to the Browns camp, there's a lot of reports about the offense kind of struggling. That's And it's being perceived as a negative for the Baker, Mayfield, Nick Chubb, all that of the offense. I disagree. I think it has a lot to do with Joe Woods confounding the offense side of the football. He's a smart, smart coach, guy who resurrected the San Francisco defense a year ago. So um, buy into the Browns, and if you get real desperate, the potatoes. They, the Washington Potatoes, great coaching with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. 
They have the most first-round picks of any other team on defense. Google Chase Young versus offensive tackle. He Now, the Potatoes don't have the best offensive lineman, but Chase Young embarrassed a veteran offensive tackle the other day. I mean, embarrassed him. Terrible. I'm fading the 49ers, Patriots, Chiefs, Vikings. Don't buy into the Vi- Vikings. lost everybody. Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Trey Wayne, Xavier Rhodes. Holy shit. They lost everybody. A Viking team we may be stacking against in daily fantasy football here this year. Um, what else, everybody? Uh, let me shout out something. Um, that is in the manifesto. I talk about the different resources to look at and different, you know, different things and places that you should uh, consider. And I'll give you the ones that one of the, the hidden gems of our entire site at fantasyguru.com is it's a, a bullet point in the draft guide page on the draft guide homepage. It's called important shortcuts. And in there are, I don't know, about a dozen, maybe 10 real important shortcuts, such as the running back grid. The running back grid is a running systems ranking, right? I just told you Ravens, Vikings, my top two. It's the handcuff for every, all 32 NFL teams. It's the third down back chart. It is all of that with color-coded for players that are locked into their roles. Yellow for caution, meaning, oh, there's some questions whether or not they have this role. Red for stop, stay away. We don't know. This is their role for now, but it's, it's up in the air. Injuries and off-the-field issues. All of this, color-coded, ranked, all of this in one chart. Literally, go there. Click the link, press print, and it's out. It's in your hands. Or look it up on mobile devices or whatever. The slot wide receiver grid. Why is that important? Slot cornerbacks are usually the worst on the, on the opposing defense. Matchups, when you have a good receiver in the slot against weaker defenders, good things happen. Tyler Beaker has that for you. Wide receiver cornerback matchups. By the way, you want to talk wide receiver corner matchups? We have the entire season mapped out for you already. It's already there. It's done. You know the whole year. Fantasyguru.com, the whole year, every wide receiver cornerback matchup with grades, best matchups, worst matchups. Every week, color-coded, nice and easy for you. Quarterback target share. You heard me reference Phillip Rivers. Uh, earlier in the show with his tar- uh, target share to the tight end position. We have career historical quarterback target share grids right there for you. The 2020 keeper sheet as well. Oh my goodness. How The IDP grid we have for all IDP it has projections, rankings, um, s- different players and different scoring systems, whether they, you get a lot of points for tackles or turnovers or, um, you know, sort of jack of all trades, guys who do it all. We have the quarterback bye week chart. If you're looking at who your backup quarterback should be, all you do is go to this little handy shortcut, go to your quarterback. Hey, I drafted Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'll do this for you right now, by the way. I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. He is the guy I drafted first. And who should be my backup? Well, 
the week that Patrick Mahomes is off, week 10, best matchups that you can get as a backup, Ben Roethlisberger, best choice, versus Cincinnati that week. True Lock, second best option for you, versus the Las Vegas Raiders that week. Sam Darnold, your third best chance against the Miami Dolphins that week. So, boom, we have four options for you as your backup for that just on one sheet. Just boom, print it out, ready to go in your draft right there. And the other thing, I am so excited about the launch of our keeper tool, our fantasy football keeper tool, Armando Marsal, our guy Rusty and myself have all been working on this and wrenched at it for months and months and months during the quarantine and everything else. It is finally launched, fantasyguru.com. If you want to know if you have keeper questions for me and our staff all you have to do is go to the sheet go to the keeper chart plug in it has all of the players already posted for you find your player your options you can plug all of them in you can plug up to 20 options or 30 options if you want in at a time plug in what round you would keep them in and or the cost, dollar cost, either way, and it will grade them for you and tell you, boom, this is the best, this is the second best, third best. So I have, hey, I got to keep four of these six, okay? You go put in all six of your options into the chart. All you have to do is say what round you're keeping them or dollar amount you're keeping, whatever it is, put it next to the player's names, and boom, right there, it will light up like a Christmas tree. These four are your best options, and done, boom only place to find that in the world is fantasyguru.com so very excited about that as well folks so all right we covered a lot of ground today uh yeah i mean that was it i didn't do an ask me anything today we'll be back on that next week we'll be doing more of these podcasts as we ramp up getting closer to the all of your fantasy football drafts and the start of the 2020 nfl season there as well Remember, you can follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Fantasyguru.com for all the draft guide stuff. Seasonal fantasy football. Our seasonal fantasy baseball content is also over there at Fantasy Guru. Daily fantasy sports information, NBA, MLB, MMA, PGA, soccer, anything that is there. EliteFantasy.com. By the way, here's a little secret for you. If you go to EliteFantasy.com slash Mance, all right, that there's a promo code at the top of that page that will give you 20% off everything we have. The draft guide, the DFS stuff, even EliteSportsBetting.com if you're into sports betting, player props, all the futures, all that stuff. So that's a little secret for you here on the podcast. I can't give out the promo code. Can't tell you what it is. You got to go to elitefantasy.com slash mans. And yes, you could sign up from there for the draft guide of fantasy guru, the sports betting at elite sports betting or any DFS service that we offer. If you've got questions, just hit me up on Twitter or find me in our fantasyguru.com chat room. We are there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I shouldn't say that. We're actually not. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but our, our staff is there for about 16 hours a day, all told. And then if you have a, a message or a question, simply post your message or question in our chat. And as soon as we pop in, boom, 
We answer it right there for you. Works like a message board right there, folks. All right, remember, you can listen to me on SiriusXM's Fantasy Sports Radio every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. SiriusXM Fantasy Football pregame show Sunday mornings as well at 11 a.m. Eastern time right there for you. If you like the podcast, if you're enjoying it, please tell a friend, spread the word. You know, this is your show. You've got topics you want me to tackle. No matter how difficult, the political stuff, Mance, I want to hear more of your political take. Mance, stop with the political takes. Nonsense. Whatever it is, criticize, praise, whatever, and everything in between. But we need you guys to download. We need you to subscribe. We need you to leave comments and feedback. All right? Those ratings and things go a long way, and it gets more episodes out there into the pipeline as well. I'm happy to do this all damn day. If, they're, if the demand for them is great. So uh, please do that if you can on iTunes or Stitcher or Tuned In or uh, Spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts at. That's going to do it for this episode. Number 26, the Manifesto draft plan. Now you know. Of course, you may disagree, folks, and that's okay. Why? This was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!